You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. Welcome to PlayStation Unchained episode 102, and this time no screw-ups! <laughs> this is the second take on um, episode 102, because for some reason recording software decided you are not going to record this. You are not talking about PlayStation, you're talking about falling off buildings and, and phone scams. So it decided to stop working. Um, but I brought it up just, just because... Um, and we've got our co-host this week, Mr. Gary. Mr. Gary, yes. Hello. <laughs> how are you, Ben? I'm not too bad, and how are you today, Mr. Gary? And nobody um, will know what we're talking about, because they won't be able to hear the original. Uh, <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm pretty good. How, how are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Uh, we, as you can hear, we've also got Vash on us this week again. Hello. Hey, man, how are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty good, thanks. I heard there was a bit of an issue next door. Ah, uh, you have to bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this this bit has to stay in the podcast. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I've broken next door and the team decided to jump off the first floor window just to try and escape the police and decided to break his leg. Ah, so that was interesting. I guess he had a good trip then. Yep, a very good trip. <laughs> okay, we, we, we've sped that up by about eight minutes. Good work, everyone. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go straight to the news. Tekken 7 given massive update. Street Fighter Zakuma joins the roster. A whole bunch of Tekken 7 related news escaped from the Tekken King of Iron Fist Tournament 2015 Championship Final Super hyper tournament uh, first off the, the game that has a new official title Tekken 7 Fated Retribution the new subtitle is more than just a name change though as actually heralds the first major update that the game has had since release in the arcades a few months back but from what I can tell there's no details of, oh yeah there is Tekken 7 is confirmed for release in early 2016 on PS4 I think oh well anyway the PS4 version will be the complete edition Bash, what do you think of Tekken 7 Fated Retribution. Well, obviously I'm not too much of a fan of Tekken, but I did play Dark Resurrection on the PS3 a fair bit, but otherwise not too keen. But it's kind of interesting for them to actually add... Um, oh, I've forgotten his name now. Akuma. Matata. Akuma, that's the one. <laughs> I said it perfectly fine in the previous one, and now I've completely forgotten it, yeah. So... Um, it's actually interesting they put him into Tekken 7 and not Street Fighter 5, although I'm pretty sure they will probably eventually put him into Street Fighter 5 with a season pass or something like well, that. Well, the season pass stuff has already been announced. He's not in it. Maybe they'll probably do a second one, because I'm sure they're only having um, a single Street Fighter 5, if I remember this time around. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they said we're not going to have Ultra or Super Ultra or Mega Ultra or whatever they want to Hyper. Hyper. We can have Street Fighter Five Championship Edition. Oh yeah, of course. And then a Turbo Edition. Then the Hyper Turbo. Yep. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, so 
I'm sure they'll finish. Oh, World Championship, them. remember that was one of them. Street Fighter 2 World Championship. There was Super Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter Turbo, Super Street Fighter Hyper Fighting, Super Street Fighter 2 World Tor- World Warriors, that was it. And yeah. there was another, I think that was it. Yeah. That was and then it. there's a crazy amount of Super Street Fighter 2 versions yeah. as well. It's just like, oh, why? Yeah. But, um, I'm sure they're pretty much working in towards some sort of Tekken X Capcom game. Well, there's always that Tekken X Street Fighter game that's been in development since time began. <laughs> sure, <really. laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting because I'm, I'm really sure that a Hadouken actually is part of the Tekken canon. So, Well, yeah, now, <laughs> now that the... Because Akuma is now part of canon because supposedly... Kazuya's mother, I've forgotten her name now, Kazama, I think it was, made a deal with Akuma and he owed her a favour, and that's why he's in the Tekken tournament, for some reasons. I don't know what this favour is, but... It, it is, because, like, Kazuya's mother, this is, like, the first time she's actually mentioned in the Tekken war, yeah. more like remember so they're like totally throwing her in this, and now she's like the super pivotal character that nobody's ever heard of or seen before. And she's dating Akuma. And yeah, <laughs> I think that's the best part about it is Akuma is part of the story of Tekken Seven. Yeah. <laughs> so so that just means that the Street Fighter and Tekken universe exist in the same universe. Yeah. At this Unless, you know, Okuma is like the Flash and he can just travel to multiple worlds whenever the hell he wants. Well, to be yeah. fair, he is incredibly... Maybe he punched the ground so hard he split dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, he punched the ground so hard in one of the Street Fighter Alpha games that he made an island and caused a volcano to erupt. So... Why Street Fighter Alpha has nothing to do with Street Fighter. <laughs> so, you know, Street Fighter 5... <laughs> Point two update might have Akuma punching Bison so hard he becomes a portal into another dimension using psycho psycho, psycho force. I, I'm just completely confused on what they're trying to do. Then, <laughs> um, I I think this is the blueprint for the Tekken X Street Fighter game that they've been working on for like six years now. Um. I think this is just the first step. They're showing you how a character like a Ryu or a Ken or obviously a Kuma here who play exactly the same uh, would fit into the Tekken universe with the Hadoukens and all that stuff. Um, you can also see with Tekken 7, I mean, maybe I'm the only one who's noticed it. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mike has noticed it too from what I've talked to him about because he's a huge Tekken guy as well. Uh, the game doesn't really look like Tekken anymore. Um, they have like, like Street Fighter. Exactly. They have like super moves now where they go into a cutscene just like Street Fighter has. Um, well, yeah, Kuma used Raging Demon. <laughs> not only that, even before when, even before the announcement of Akuma, like uh, all the arcade versions that I've seen of people playing it, they, every character had like a super move or go into a cutscene as they do the move. Um, Kuma better. <laughs> Kuma, the bear yeah. better have a bear hug cutscene. That'd be amazing. <laughs> what with Jack? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Seven just wasn't this huge leap that everybody was expecting it to be to the next generation. I mean, even graphically, it still looks kind of like Tekken Six does. Not 
too much of a difference. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just thinking that this is kind of the blueprint, and this is just going to lead into Tekken X Street Fighter. I'm pretty sure Akuma's going to do something that's going to bring all the Street Fighter guys into the world, and that's how we're going to get our huge fight going on. Because what was like, Street Fighter X Tekken was just like some random game that had nothing to do with storylines or anything. They just threw the two together and let them go at it. Whereas it looks like in this game, Tekken, uh, the Tekken team is throwing the Street Fighter guys into the storyline of, of their big world. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, now I know why Akuma is not part of Street Fighter Five. They're probably yeah. throwing this. I'm pretty sure Sagat is going to appear in this game too. Ugh. Of course he isn't in... Oh, you're not happy about that, are you? you really I am not happy know. about it at all. <laughs> Sagat has been a staple in Street Fighter since the first Street Fighter. He was the main bad guy in the very first Street Fighter game. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I think he's dead. Story-wise, I think he's dead. But then again, who the hell gives a crap? Because everybody dies in these games anyway, and they're still in the next game anyway. So... He could come back as a zombie. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> What's stopping it? It's Street Fire. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, I, I just came to the conclusion with Sagat that after Street Fighter Four, they just didn't know how to balance that character at all, so they just didn't include him because he was super <laughs> powerful in Four when they came out. Like nobody wanted to fight Sagat. He he was harder to beat than the final boss sometimes. It was ridiculous. And then, like as they continued to re-release. Street Fighter 4, he became weaker and weaker where he became, like, literally the weakest character in the game. And then I was like, well, this is stupid. This is Sagat. He's not supposed to be that weak. And then he just gave up. <laughs> just like, we can't do it. We can't balance Sagat anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not happy about that. It's a constant tiger tiger flame <laughs> thing, like, above and below. It's just like, you can't get close to him. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like they just can't find a balance with him. And like even when you do get close to him, he hits you so hard with his melee hits that it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But that was the character he was meant to be. He's supposed to be that powerful, you know? He's Bison's second in command, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just it, it was super weird to me that they didn't include him. It was even weirder to me that Guile was a DLC character. I was like, Guile, DLC, shouldn't he be like part of the main roster like he's always been? That's only because I think it's because Charlie's a main character. And Charlie has the same sort of fighting style as Guile. I don't care. Guile's the main character. Charlie like, fights in the Street story of Guile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like It's, it's just... I, I, I'm always part of the, that group that the, the the characters that made the franchise famous should always be in the main lineup of characters. Yeah. I see what you mean. You know, especially if they appeared in the first two games at least, I think they should always be in the main lineup. Like, Tekken has never removed their main characters from the Tekken world. Well, King yeah. has been there. Law has always been there. Paul has always been there. Yoshimitsu in his Yoshimitsu. amazing outfits. Haihachi, all those guys have always remained as the core characters in the story. Whereas, you know, they, they really screwed up with Street Fighter 3, even though Street Fighter 3 was a fantastic fighting game. They literally removed like 90% of the main cast. <laughs> and people weren't really happy about it. That's why, that's why Street Fighter 3 commercially was such a failure. Even though, in my opinion, it was one of the best Street Fighter games ever. 
it didn't have the characters that people wanted to play with. Yeah, so. Third Strike, that was, wasn't it on Dreamcast? Yeah, Third Strike. Which well, is technically... You rate that as the best one, don't they? I think it was. I think it was the best Street Fighter, but people hated it so much because it didn't have Bison. It didn't have um, Guile and E Honda. It literally, the only characters they had, I think, were like Ryu um, and Chun Li, is the only two that I can remember <laughs> that were still part of that one. And they were added later on as well in the arcade version. The original version of the arcade didn't even have those. Yeah. (laughs) So people weren't very happy about that. And I just feel like you have to have the core characters. I don't know. But going back to Tekken, um, I'm still kind of iffy about it. I mean, they still haven't announced Nina Williams, and I'm not happy about that. Well, it's Nina. They better. Otherwise, otherwise we're going to see Nina Williams in Street Fighter Five. Yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> they don't have my girl in Tekken 7. I'm not buying Tekken 7. <laughs> Even okay. though I play with a lot of characters. I play with Haihachi, I play with King, I play with um, Brian Fury, but Nina is my go-to girl, and if she's not there, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you just still remember her from the Tekken 2 scene at the end, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's the only reason I want it. I just want them to recreate that scene. <laughs> HD quality. Is that too much to ask for? The rating boards nowadays, probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're talking about something that's disappointing soon. Fallout 4 beat, beat, uh, beats Call of Duty Black Ops 3 in the US sales last month. Yep, the indie game Call of Duty Black Ops 3 by the, the new company that I've never heard of before has defeated the uh, Fallout 4 in the sales. I mean, I'm completely shocked about this. Are you really, or are you just saying that, Ben? Uh, look, do you not hear the shock in my voice? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you were just saying it. Um, anyway, to provide, uh, uh, I'm just happy that Star Wars Battlefront wasn't at the top. Oh, what a mess that was. I'll go to Vash first then. What do you think of Battlefront being third place and Fallout being second place and the lack of Tomb Raider being anywhere making me sad? (laughs) Well, having Tomb Raider actually not playing a part practically is really sad, but to be honest, I'm not surprised. Well, yeah, it was coming out at a really, really bad time, but it still makes me sad. Yeah, I mean, you can't have it compete with... Call of Duty and Fallout at exactly the same time around Christmas time. And Star Wars almost. And Star Wars pretty much, exactly. And um, I mean, it's like the three biggest franchises against one former big franchise. I mean, it's not That's as big as what it used to be. But um, it, it, I don't know what Square was thinking. They should have just held out on it until probably the new year, which is probably the best time to actually sell it for them. But Which is the time it's they... going to be sold on PC. The PC exactly. version is February, I think. February or March. Which I think they should have actually held it. Or, no, they should have sold the Xbox and the PC version at least at the yeah. same time. That's where I think they failed. Because, sure, they did an exclusive, which I think was an absolutely bad idea in the first place. For Microsoft, but yeah, they just killed it. And of course, 
it kind of started on the PlayStation, didn't it? Yeah, it was on the PlayStation, then it was on the Sega Saturn. Yeah. Uh, we won't mention the Saturn version. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I never played it. I never got a Saturn, so... Oh, it's... Well, the Saturn was an absolute nightmare anyway, but... Um, yeah, I, they, they should have kept it initially if they wanted to do an exclusive on a PlayStation. This, this, what, the PS4 was sold one and a half times more than the Xbox One now? I think so, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. They were thinking they probably did the contract before the PS4 was doing as well it is, and then yeah. had to do it because they already signed the contract. Yeah, th- this is why I think having any company, <coughs> especially a really big one, go for any sort of exclusive deal because they are going to lose massive amounts of money on a AAA title. You could do it for an indie title because then you can get massive amounts of funding from the console manufacturer. But for a AAA studio, it's going to be pennies what they get compared to what they should be returning from development costs. So they just shot themselves in the foot, really. I agree. By the way, I just saw something that shocked me. I'm looking at this top 10 sales and Just Dance 2016 was one of the top 10 selling games which, to be honest, wasn't that much of a shock. But the console that sold the most was the original Wii. Wow. What's this? Just Dance 2016, the most sold console for it was the Wii. Hang on, 2016? Yeah. What the hell is Jet Stars? No, Just Dance. Oh, Just Dance. I thought you were saying Just Stars. Like, no. <laughs> just Dance 2016, the most sold oh. on the Wii. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's all over again, isn't it? Hey, let's buy this game. It's going to be great. And then it's just collecting dust two days later. It's, it's crazy. It's hey, okay. Hey, we, hey. Cost, we owners, at least they got a new game. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> we then we you then three sixty. So yeah. Wow. Crazy. Is it my turn now? Yes, yeah, your turn. Oh, okay. Um, I'm actually more surprised about the NPD sales for November. Actually. Um, I was not expecting Call of Duty to beat out both Fallout 4 and Battlefront. Um, especially with the numbers that um, Bethesda released for Fallout 4, I was like, damn. I don't see anything beating those numbers, but there you go. Call of Duty still going strong, I guess. Um, talk of its demise obviously not true, if this is any indication. If a game like Fallout 4, the biggest release of the year couldn't overtake Call of Duty, that's got to tell you something. Um, yeah, but, but look at the how many platforms have Call of Duty. You've got Xbox One, PS4, 360, PS3, and PC. You've got two more platforms, and the two other platforms are bigger than the new platforms. This is true. You know, you, PS3 and 360 sales, even if it's a quarter, that's still, what, there's 80 million PS3s. 
versus, well, 30 million PS4s. There's still, like, double the amount of consoles out there, so there's double the chance of people purchasing it. Yeah, this is true. Same with the 360s, 80 million 360s, so that's that's 160 million potential customers that Fallout won't be able to get. Yeah. There's no way 160 million would buy it, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, but going off that, um, I, I am really surprised that Battlefront was number three. Um, I would have thought at least a number two, uh, simply because Star Wars, man. Um, I was expecting a lot of people to gobble that game up, no matter what, simply because it was a Star Wars game. But apparently they didn't, unless they're saving it for you know Christmas time for when the movie comes out and they're super excited. It's like, oh, this movie was awesome. I'm going to go buy a Star Wars game. And they buy Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, I said they'd take it back. <laughs> take once, it back. Once it gets down to 20 quid, I'll buy it. Um, I am also interested in seeing how much the, the Star Wars bundle sold, because I think, uh, obviously, they're not counting that bundle, but I'm pretty sure a lot of the sales went from that bundle as well. Um, so if I think if they counted that bundle, it could have easily been the second place one, um, quite honestly. Um, the bundle with the worst-looking controllers in the history of PlayStation. <laughs> The, bond, the controllers that look like someone's gone into a factory and gone, we're out of oh. circles, so what we'll do is we'll use a circle from a different controller and pull it on this one. There we go, that'll do. Well, like it or not, it's still a Star Wars bundle, and people probably bought a crap ton of it, I'm sorry to say. Um, but going to the Tomb Raider thing, it is really sad to see that happen. Um, but quite honestly, I don't think Square Enix really cares because they didn't put any money into it. It was all Microsoft. Um, so I know when it's coming out on the PS4 next year, that's going to be published by Square Enix. So they're obviously putting money into that one. Um, so I think they'll be a lot more happier next year with the release of that game, hopefully, than obviously Microsoft is. I think... Uh, last I read was I think last week it had only sold five hundred thousand copies. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's less than that. I thought it was about four hundred thousand. Was it? Yeah, because in the UK it was only about fifty thousand sold. I know what in in the first I think week they said it only sold three hundred thousand. And since yeah, I must be thinking of the first week then. And then um, they dropped the price by like forty percent off on the game um, like a week ago and it increased sales dramatically. It was actually Amazon's top selling game after they dropped the price for it. It was like 40% off, which is insane for a brand new release. I'm really tempted to pick it up for the Xbox 360. (laughs) I am. I want to play it. I have a 360, so. Yeah. I'm just going to wait for the PC version. (laughs) Well, if it's it's dropped down by 40% already, January sales, it'll drop down another bit. I'll just buy it when I can buy it for the same price as a packet yeah. of cereal. That is true. <laughs> and Tomb Raider games do tend to drop in price pretty quickly. Because I remember I got the special edition for the PS3, I think it was. Tomb Raider, that is. Yeah. And I think it was about, what, three months later, it was going for about £12. I'm like thinking, what? I know I bought the digital price. version. Like, a month after the PS4 version came out, and they sold it in game for fifty quid, and then Sony had their usual Christmas sales, and it was twenty quid. Yeah, 
just absolutely crazy. It was only four weeks. Wow. But yeah, um, it's really sad for that game. Um, it's even worse because it was the highest rated game this holiday season. And <laughs> it's ironic. To see it suffer like that is really sad for me personally, but... Um, it's also well, sad it, the fact that it's out—it's been outsold by Angel of Darkness. People don't let that happen. Angel of Darkness is an atrocity, <laughs> and yet it is outselling the new Tomb Raider game that is amazing. This is a, a quick statement from me to everyone in the world: bad people, bad. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft is saying they're very happy with the performance of the game. I think they're full of shit. Yeah, <laughs> personally, I, I think they lost a lot of money in that. Yeah, um, it's just really sad to see the head guy of Crystal Dynamics. Um, I think he went on yesterday and he had to go again and defend the game and its exclusivity with Microsoft and. It's just really sad to me that he has to go and do that when I'm pretty sure he. Maybe he feels that it's it was the right move, but other I, I just feel like he he believes that it wasn't the right move. It was just a business decision, and you know Microsoft paid a whole bunch of money for it, and I'm pretty sure Square Enix is happy about that. Um, but to see a company constantly get ridiculed for something that they honestly had no hand in, like I, I'm pretty sure they didn't go to Crystal Dynamics and say, hey this game is going to be exclusive Let's strike a deal. No, they had to go to Square Enix and strike that deal with them. Crystal yeah. Dynamics didn't have a say in it. So, you know, it's just the same thing that happened with Respawn and Titanfall. You know, they're working on the PS4 version of Titanfall as well, and then just out of nowhere, they get the bombshell from EA. Oh, it's going to be exclusive to Xbox One only. They don't have a say in it. So, it's yeah. sad that they are the ones who have to go defend the decision when it should be the guys who made the deal go yeah. in and do it. So, but yeah. I, I, I do have one. Yeah, I hope it hasn't actually um, cost them in the long run because if you think about it, if they're coming a year later on the PS4 and PC, but for people actually have a look at the sales and thinking, is it really a good game? And the reviews just happen to be that high. It can Whereas, put thousands of people and whether they probably want to get it or the game could be just a year late and no one will even bother because something would be even better coming out. That, that's be exactly what I'm thinking. I think doing it a full year later, like next holiday season, is was the worst thing they could have possibly decided to do. For me, um, I, I don't care too much because by then we're going to get the version with updated graphics, all the DLC, because they're already getting a DLC expansion. For the game already. So, so it'd be like a definitive edition. I mean, I guess we'll get a definitive edition next year with everything. Yeah, but the problem with that, Ben, is that version is most likely going to come out on the Xbox One next year as well. So technically, the PlayStation guys aren't really going to get anything new. I don't expect anything new. I just expect our version to be the complete version. <laughs> <laughs> the version that was going to be done if they just waited. Yeah. It is sad, and I think releasing it next year as finally the multi-platform game, it is going to hurt it, because who knows what kind of games you're going to release next year, holiday season. Beyond? No, not beyond. I mean, Horizon. Yeah, you know, we don't know how many amazing games are going to come out. So, Well, I expect Gran Turismo, because Gran Turismo is always a winter. 
Yeah, we don't know. VR can hit next winter as well for the holiday season. VR spring. That should be big. The Nintendo NX could come out next year. Um, It could really just destroy that game completely, which will be completely sad. No, what they're going to do is they're going to release the new Tomb Raider game at the same time as another Call of Duty game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you should save that because it's a yearly release, isn't it? Yeah. And every single person, including their mothers, buy it. And, jeez. Yeah. Oh, I was reading an article. I'm thinking about buying my 12-year-old Call of Duty. Do you think I should? <laughs> but if you're asking that question, maybe no. <laughs> hey, any doubt is an obvious no. Yeah. Uh, but then this is the same just... type of consumer that I, went, I was in game and someone asked, I'm thinking about buying my husband a PlayStation box. <laughs> okay. So is that both of them? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that would be amazing. Just make a bigger, bigger, con- you know, bigger outer shell and putting them both in the same <laughs> the PlayStation box. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you remember any of this but people used to make yoshi boxes <laughs> no, I don't remember uh, that. basically getting an old pc case yeah and completely modifying it and putting in loads of old consoles onto a single pc power supply that sounds amazing we should do that with playstations and call them playstation box use i was gonna say i've got two snezzes two ps1s two ps2s I'm no. sure I can somehow... I've got a Mega Drive you can borrow. <laughs> there I'm... you go. We can make our own Yoshi box, but I have no clue on how to do it. I've got a game, game Gear, so what we could do is somehow turn the controller into a Game Gear. <laughs> like the Wii U, but with Game Gears. Oh, you know, you've given me an idea. <laughs> I'll purchase a Raspberry Pi, get a touch screen for it, yeah. and have uh, an emulator for it so I could actually play all the old games on it. That would be amazing. Super portable. Did you know that the Linux monthly magazine that Rob Zetzlu writes for was yeah. gave, gave a Raspberry Pi with each one of the issues for one issue? If you bought the magazine, you got a free Raspberry Pi. I should have done that. Yeah? That was but, one of our ex-writers, Rob Zetzlu. Yeah, I'm getting a uh, Raspberry Pi 2 soon anyway, so... Oh, nice. And for I some reason, Skype just asked me how this call is going. Oh, it's going <laughs> interestingly. <laughs> just popped up. What do you think of the quality of this call? Um, the K? <laughs> I did the call first. <laughs> uh, ah, okay. Uh, so, yeah... I forgot what we're talking about now. Game Gears, Raspberry Pis. Oh, um, the monthly charts somehow. <laughs> we're talking about the monthly chart. Yeah, and now we're talking about Game Gears. I don't actually go with charts anymore because they're only hardware sales. Yeah. Because digital and bundles don't count. Yeah. Oh. Okay, let's go to our next thing, which is actually hardware-based. PlayStation VR has been a slight performance upgrade, so as it's hardware-based, we're going to somehow end up talking about chicken. Anyway. 
According to the report on VR Focus, Sony Computer Entertainment has upgraded the version of its upcoming PlayStation VR headset during the annual PlayStation Experience last weekend. Uh, since the web, the side which sites blah blah blah, it's upgraded its display of black colours. So it has a better range of colours, I guess. Which is I good. Would, I would have thought it's already using an OLED display anyway. I think they've just used an upgraded OLD, maybe. It's, it, well, not something that the improvements made by Sony enhance the display of black colours. Oh, the site goes on that making additional optimizations to the device before PSVR enters mass production, so I might see some other small uh, improvements between now and the next time we see it. Uh, we know that Tekken 7, Until Dawn, Gran Turismo, Dreams will all support VR, including Ace Combat 7. Um, and Goat Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> you and your Goat Simulator. I well, can't imagine the insanity with Goat Simulator and VR. That would just be insane. <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll go to Gary first. Are you looking forward to VR? Uh, I am looking forward to VR if the software is there. So you, um, like you, I said before, you're going to buy VR if Summer Holiday comes out? If what? Summer holiday comes out in Europe, in America. If it comes out next year, summer or holiday? Yeah, summer holiday. You know, the the, the simulator by... July time. No, no, what's that guy who made... Oh, what did he make? Oh, I can't remember. It's the one where you're a senpai and you got to teach a Japanese schoolgirl how to learn Oh, my God. Maths. No, I'm not going to buy it for that. That's like a C-rated porno where I don't get to see anything. <laughs> uh, what about Dead or Alive? Because that also supports VR. No. Not, the, the only game right now that I'm looking forward to in VR that's been officially announced is Ace Combat 7. That would be Yeah. Yeah, right now that is the one for me. Um, I'm still waiting to see some great stuff. Like They announced Tekken 7, but they haven't shown anything of Tekken 7. Um, I can't even imagine how crazy it's going to be if if I'm actually in VR as one of the characters. Oh my god! I wonder if they do what I, I said. What I said. As a spectator. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if they reintroduce beach volleyball into that game, like Tekken Three had, th- then I'd be totally for it. Tekken but... bowl. No, oh, jeez. Tekken bowling in VR. <laughs> <laughs> Tekken Extreme Three. <laughs> well, you got Tekken you Force. Know, Tekken Force, which worked. is the beat 'em up. Well, yeah, bro. But see, that's that's the weird thing. We keep talking about VR. Like every game has to be first person. Um, yeah. I'm more interested in seeing a lot of the games that aren't going to be first person, if there is even going to be any. So. There are some experiences you could probably get away with being third person, kind of, um, oh, you you know, like, if you're part of an audience, say, that kind of game. So, like, my Tekken 7 idea where you sit in the audience as one of the crowd and you watch people fight. So, for instance, okay, this is going to sound really weird, but Hatsune Miku Project Eva X, for instance... That would be really good, because essentially you'll be in the crowd and you'll be seeing the performance happen. And then you can really get to see what the full 3D theatre, I suppose, would be like, wouldn't it? 
who kind of had an extra dimension to that kind of game. But for fighting games, I really don't know. You could be in yeah. the crowd, and then the buttons could just be different things like, yeah, you wave your hand in here, and that one goes, boo! I mean, I, I remember in Tekken 2, they did have a first-person view. That was really... And it was a dreadful. It was really bad. It was horrendously done. It was an interesting idea, but it just... Yeah, it, it was just far too weird to actually work. But if you did actually have a fighter game like that, possibly... Maybe third-person shooters and third-person racing games as well. But I think I would have to agree that first-person viewpoint would probably be the best. So looking at first... I don't know, first-person shooters, you might feel kind of a bit weird. Because you're moving around with a joypad, yet you get fully offset by just looking around. But then as soon as you start turning with a joypad... Your head suddenly moves when you they want it to. So the only thing be... that would be good would be something like Portal, where it is a first-person shooter kind of, but there's no actual shooting. But yeah. not the actual portaling about. Of course, that'd make you sick. But I'm just thinking <laughs> that sort of that sort of movement. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the biggest problem that developers have: is how are you going to make the game? fun but also not cause people to get sick while playing it yeah you know? it's going to be very difficult to combat exactly like if you're doing Tekken and you're fighting in first person people are going to get sick and they're going to start throwing up easily yeah you know your characters are constantly moving like you pick eddie gordo he's standing on his hands upside down doing kicks and stuff people are going to throw up ace combat seven same thing. People who are afraid of flying, especially, are probably going to like have a nervous breakdown playing that game. Yeah. You know? And you're doing the spins, you're going upside down in the sky, you're going to start throwing up. And I think that's the hardest part right now for a lot of developers, at least in my opinion. I don't know. I'm not developing for VR, so I don't know. But I would imagine that will be the hardest thing right now, is getting it to the point where people still have fun but don't feel sick while they're having fun I, I think probably the most games coming out which will work perfectly for everyone in VR would be obviously first person racing games so like Drive Club uh, F1 2016 or whenever I'm looking forward to Grand Theft Auto because uh, so games like that, as well as something similar to Mist. I don't know if anyone's played Mist. Or yeah, like, like adventure games group. like Mist, exactly. They would work yeah. perfectly. They have yeah. to be slow-paced games. Like I don't ever imagine myself playing Call of Duty in VR because the game is so fast-paced. There's so much going on all the time. I, yeah. I, who knows? You know. Like, if you're playing, like, a game, like a war game, like Warhammer, for example, and you're just one tiny soldier in this massive battlefield. No, it look cool, sure, but then you'll start to get the, the feeling of panic, like, oh, my God, I'm in a war. I got to fight. How am I going to do it? Like, a lot of people will have these issues. Like, you have a World War II game, for example. Imagine you're getting off one of the boats on Omaha Beach and your life expectancy is, like, 12 seconds. Yeah. That would oh, suck. That'd be terrible. <laughs> Yeah, an interesting genre, which is pretty much 
dead nowadays is real-time strategy. Just imagine what the Total War games would actually look like in virtual reality. It would look like a proper tabletop then. It's true. That would be pretty cool. Like you move your hand and you grab a unit and you move it over. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. You know what they should do? Then they should make Age of Mythology with it. That'd be amazing. Where you are God. Yeah. Giants, Citizen Kabuto. Remember that game? If you haven't done so already, it it may have finished now on GOG or Good Old Games. It was going for free today. I will go pick that that up. Uh, Let me just double check, see if it's still going for free. What game? Uh, Uh, Giants. Citizen Kabuto. Uh, yeah, I think it's still going for free for another 16 hours. So by the time this podcast is probably put up, it's already ended. But if you two don't have it, (laughs) there you go. Yeah, I'm going now. I don't know what it is, but it's free, so. The game is just way ahead of its time. It didn't sell well at all, but. How do you know where it is? Just clicked. Okay, so <laughs> do you have an account? Yeah, I do. You go all the way to the bottom, just before, well, just after all of the uh, Windows 10 icons, <laughs> the yeah. tile interface. Uh, at the bottom, it should say Giant Citizen Computer. Okay. I'll go all the way to Bob. It's all free. <laughs> But but going back to the original story, man, of upgrading, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, like it's cool that it's getting upgraded, but it doesn't really affect any of us because the thing is not even out yet, so we can't really tell the difference. But huzzah! Well, I'm looking forward to see the difference because I've used it before. Yeah, it's just the actual black levels that's been changed, isn't it? Yeah, just the black levels. So you've actually tried it. So what's the the um, field, if you like, anyway. I didn't. I didn't have an issue at all. I had a little issue when it first started with the screen being a little pixelated. Because um, I don't know what it was, but the first time I put it on was blurry. Uh, but once I'd sorted out and put the headset on properly, it sorted out itself just fine. And I didn't have any field of view issues at all. Okay, that's good then. And it fit perfectly. Well, I had to adjust it the first time. But once it was adjusted, it fitted perfectly over my glasses. So if you wear glasses, it works over the top of them. Yeah, I heard it's pretty comfortable as well. Oh, yeah, it was. It, it's very scary, though, because you have a headset on and that, and you can't see the real world at all. I'm worried about how I'd pick... Oh, hiccups. I'm worried about how I'd pick up the controller once I've set everything up. I'd have to have the controller right in front of me so I can just pick up the controller straight away. Because otherwise you're not going to be able to tell where anything is, or anyone. Yeah. <laughs> now, have, they, have they said if you'll be able to use your PlayStation 4 controller, or are you going to have to have the you specialized can... move controller? No, you just use PlayStation 4. Awesome. That's all I used. The move controllers just add extra. If you want, not every game supports it, but yeah, it just adds a bit of extra movement. But the V, the DualShock Four has gets tracked anyway, so 
Yeah. There's not much difference. I think the biggest problem for a lot of people is going to be whether to turn the camera with their head or with a right analog stick. (laughs) I think that's going to be the biggest problem for a lot of people. (laughs) Well, all the games I played, the game I played anyway, it disabled the controls. You know, that you didn't need, you had to move your head to look around. The right analog stick did nothing. Well, I'm just saying, like, in general, because people yeah. are so used to it, when they first get it, yeah. they wouldn't know. Oh, I was like that as well. I said, I said to the guy, how can I move move my head? He said, move your head. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> 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 that works. <laughs> That's when I use the Oculus Rift to play my favorite game of the show that I've forgotten the name of now. There was uh, by End Dreams, which is a UK company. Oh, I can't remember the name of the game, but it's coming to the PS4 as well. And they said that if I wanted to try it, they'd let me come round. Because I was so nice to them. Um, it was my game. In fact, most of the staff at the company now follow me on Twitter. Anyway, yes. I'm sidetracking. Um, it was my game of the show. It was using the Oculus Rift, not all the PlayStation VR. Which, to be honest, I want to say this. The Rift was worse than PlayStation VR. Yeah, uh... My friend who tried out, I think it was Crystal Cove of um, the Rifts yeah. last year. Oh, no, not last year. It would have been this year, actually. Yeah. It would be last year, next year, though. <laughs> Almost there. Uh, he actually said exactly the same as you, that he got to see all the pixels on the Rift and everything, yeah. but on Morpheus, he said it kind of blended in really nicely, which is yeah. kind of strange, considering that the Rift is using, well... Double the resolution. I think that's the problem. I know that sounds weird. But yeah, I could see like loads of dots on the rift. You know, that little screen pixels. Yeah, with the VR, with the PlayStation VR, apart from a couple of scenes, I mean, like the title screen, I saw it there. And I think once the game was loading, I saw it just after it started loading. You know, just once the game had loaded up, I saw it for a split second. And then after that, I couldn't see it, really. You know, you saw a little bit, but nothing that was distracting. But then when I was with the Rift, I could see it all the time. That's bad. Uh, Though, when I looked, it was, the Rift was... The way that was, I felt sick because I had no, I don't have much of a, I have an issue with heights, not a major issue, but sometimes it's pretty bad. Sometimes, you know. But when we were driving, I was getting pushed forward. You tied up to like a metal crate thing, you know, like a what you push crates around. In, in, but for some reason, I was a person tied into it. It's in a, like a secret base in a cliff. Yeah. I looked up and all I could see was this massive cliff and I thought, oh my god. And I was actually panicking <laughs> secretly. Because <laughs> that's how, how much it got me into the game. Um, they, the graphics weren't that good in that game, but they said what they do is they're mainly focused on getting the animations perfect. Because the human mind actually has... Actually, it's better to have the animations being run perfectly than having better graphics. Because if there's an issue with the animation, it doesn't trick the brain properly. Yeah. So even if you have the best graphics in the game, if the animations are a bit off, you'll get taken out of the experience. 
as long as the graphics are semi-good and the animations are perfect, you'll get tricked better more than you would if you had better graphics. So really the most important thing is a very high frame rate. Yeah. So not the 30 frames per second that we're currently getting on consoles. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> well, you've got to remember the P- PSVR does so it does its magic thing. And Unless it must interpolate something yeah. then. Yeah, because it runs at, the, the, the VR headset makes games run at 90. 90 hertz? Yeah. There's a 90 and 120 mode. Basically, the um, the little box, you know, that plugs into your PS4. Yeah. What it can do is it can it can mix it can fix the frames and it can sort of like double the frames. It's weird. And it I'm really going to have to try to sell. So it's reprojection. Reprojection. Sony's calling it where it will turn a 60 frames per second game into 120. Because the, the little processor does something. I, I wonder if that's actually... Um... Oh, I... That was that was Sorry. Sony coming in to tell me off for talking too much. <laughs> You're talking too much about PSVR. That's my doorbell. <laughs> it's the people that came to Burger Vash earlier. <laughs> They've gone over the area now. Hang on, a thief actually ringing a doorbell? What's going on? <laughs> Oh my god, it was the KJB KGB all along. <laughs> and they're giving him Morpheus. Moving on now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna go to our next game, Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Um It says that the very, very well developed Verba, maybe. Kind of, probably not, I doubt it. Uh, Lucas Bottom head Kathleen Kennedy expressed the possibility for the cancelled Uncharted S game, Star Wars 1313, may still come back in some form with loads of DLC, probably, and a season pass. And Star Wars Battlefront. And they'll get rid of the single player. Anyway, I, I have no hope for EA nowadays, so I don't trust them. Uh, Vash, what do you think of Star Wars thirteen thirteen? Do you think it's real? Do you think it's fake? Do you think this will be a load of poop? Oh, the thing is, it was coming along really nicely, but extremely slowly when under LucasArts. But as soon as Disney picked it up, I was pretty much thinking, well, as soon as they scrapped it, they're not going to bring it back. I mean, it was costing too much money, nothing like that, but... Unless they had, like, two or three people slowly ticking away at it in the background. I honestly can't see it coming back. And it was George Lucas who actually said that. all. thirteen thirteen still being made, didn't he? I so, don't know. I think it was George Lucas. And also the TV series as well that was going along with it. I think he mentioned those two at the same time. But yeah. I, I, I honestly don't think thirteen thirteen all see any light today. I think they've already cut the studio down and just dispersed all the team members to whatever. Well, EA owns the license to Star Wars now, so it'd have to be EA that makes it. Well, I hope EA don't make it, because... 
I, I'm just trying to think of a good EA game that's come out recently. Mirror's Edge. That's not recently, but... Recently, man. Not 10 years ago. <laughs> hey, Mirror's Edge 2 is next year. Yeah, but... Yeah, don't get your hopes up, my friend. Hey, I played it. It's a good game. But essentially, that's DICE. But yeah. look what EA have done to DICE. I mean, Battlefield 1942, amazing. Battlefield 2, amazing. Battlefield 3, amazing. Battlefield 4, what is with this DLC and thing and everything's broken and what? I just want Bad Company 2 back. <laughs> I swear everything EA gets hold of, any sort of developer, they just burn to the ground. It's just... Ugh. <laughs> They've done it with Westwood Studios, which is my favourite developer, or one of my favourite developers at the time. They did it with, um, oh, it wasn't like that, Bullfrog? Were they bought, yeah, I think it was Bullfrog, wasn't it? They got rid of them. Um, and then you've got Criterion, they're now gone. Oh, jeez. They'll probably close down Dice next at this rate. <laughs> No, you, you next one will be visual games, I think. Yeah, possibly. Dice will be after Bioware. I think. It, oh, I think it'll go oh. visual games, Bioware. Whoa, whoa, Ben. They will never shut down Bioware. Bioware <laughs> is the only company that makes money for them at this point. Uh, no, I don't know. It's EA. Yeah, and I'm talking in the future because I think Visual will be in a year and a half. Bioware will be in two and a half, maybe three years, and then we'll see. I'll have some dice. Dice. Well, you're all forgetting visceral games as well. That's what I said. Games. Oh, you did. Oh, sorry. I said they'll be first. Oh no, they're working. They're working on a new Star Wars game with Amy Henning and uh, Jade Raymond. So. Uh, yeah, I can see. I can still see them being the first one to get gone. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it'll be thirteen thirteen either. No, but I can see it flopping now. Yeah, we'll have to see exactly what's going to happen. But I'm not exactly sure which studio is actually going to take hand of it, um, unless EA begins to do it themselves. But I honestly can't see them. <laughs> EA make a game themselves. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Unless you want to turn Star Wars 1330 into a sports game. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars football 2016. (laughs) Star Wars, no, Star Wars all sports. It'd be just all different EA sports titles with Star Wars skins. You'd have the, but there's released as a pack, as a single title with, with, with nothing really in it except for maybe a football game and then the rest of the games are sold separately as DLC. <laughs> you can have our rugby DLC, our American football DLC, our hockey DLC. You, know, you have to pay for them separately or you can buy the, the £120 season pass to get all the games. Scarily enough, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if that actually happens. <laughs> the Star Wars Mega Bundle. So. Thirteen, thirteen. We are going to make the game. You only just get the first level. You have to buy every level after that once you completed it. The right is part of the season pass. All you do is get one level, one gun, which you can carry on grinding away in the game and get it anyway. 
and oh, for the special edition, you get a super skin, which you can also get. Oh my god! <laughs> and you can also get a grenade that you can unlock in the first tutorial. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's all special edition. Star Wars 1313. The reason why it's called 1313 is because that's how much it'll cost you to buy when you spend all the microtransactions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, I, I honestly don't have a hope for the Star Wars EA game again. Battlefront just pretty much nailed it. No, Star Wars Battlefront EA. Remember, EA's in the title. Oh yeah, sorry, you're right. Battlefront EA. <laughs> The proper Star Wars Battlefront and Battlefront 2 were just amazing games. <laughs> Gary, what, what do you think of everything that's going on? Everything that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it's nice and sunny right now, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, it's nice and dark and gloomy here. Oh, Almost nice. like this conversation. <laughs> um. Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Okay, um, I I agree with Varsh. That game is not going to happen. Um, it had a good chance, but when EA bought it, uh, the got the license to it, they canceled every Star Wars game that was in development at the time. Um, so I highly doubt we'll see it. If we see it, it'll probably be like a comic book or something. <laughs> um, I know George Lucas has absolutely no say in Star Wars anymore. Yay! Um, I mean. Oh, what a shame. At all. The only thing he has a saying is Indiana Jones. That's it. Um, Star Wars is is off limits to him now. So, yeah, 1313. Like, it looked great when they showed it off for the first time. Like It looked really amazing. But then again, we didn't really see too much of it to say that it was going to be an amazing game. You know? Um, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what else to say about it. Like, we just didn't have enough information about the game to really be pissed off that it's not being made anymore. Is I guess I'm slightly annoyed. Yeah, like it had a lot of premise, as a lot of games do when they're first shown off, and we've we've seen what happens to games that they show it off, and then when it comes out, it's not even close to being what they showed off. Aliens, Colonial Marines. Sorry. <laughs> I'm actually kind of glad what Bethesda did with Fallout 4 because it's like we're not telling you anything about the game no one knows about the game and then suddenly three months before launch oh this is the game here's tons of stuff about it it all worked well it kind of all works <laughs> um, I, I 100% agree with you on that that's the way it should be done reveal the game when it's at least three quarters of the way through that way, you've got something concrete. You know it works. People get really excited about it because there's loads to show about it. And and you don't have those people who start bitching and moaning to you to change things that you've just shown off, and then you end up caving in and changing it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then it breaks because you did design the game to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so... I was going to say, you shouldn't develop anything around a player base. You should develop it around what your initial goals are, which is why a lot of games fail nowadays. Yeah. So, And I, wa- I agree with you guys on Battlefront. I think the, the biggest problem with Battlefront is because they put the Battlefront title on it. Battlefront um, EA. If they... 
if they just would have made that game as its own Star Wars game, I think less people would have been more pissed off about it than they are now. Um, because obviously the comparisons to the old Battlefronts are there. And I think those comparisons really hurt that game. Because I, I feel like it is a solid game. Like the, the mechanics are solid to me. Like I enjoy playing it. I enjoy running around. I, I like the card system they have. I like how things just recharge. I don't have to worry about running out of ammo on my guns. I like all that stuff. And, but because it's a Battlefront game, it really hurts it. Because, again, those comparisons to Battlefront, it's, well, it's not good for them. They made the game more casual so that everyone can literally get into it and everything. But I think that's where it failed. Because with this sort of game, it's supposed to have a hardcore base. And well, we see Battlefront 2 next year, most likely. I think you'll get all these. It'll be more of a proper Battlefront game on this one. Yeah, probably. Okay, we're going to go to our next article, and I've closed most of my news articles down because we've somehow taken an hour to talk about two articles. Who cares, Ben? Just keep Open them all back up. <laughs> but we're going to end it with some Destiny news. No. <laughs> I, I, I refuse. Destiny likely to drop major DLC in favour of events in 2016. Speaking during an interview with Eurogamer, Disney senior designer Derek Carroll. Derek Carroll? I'm not sure. Uh, we're taking King. We're moving to a more event-based model. Things like the Festival of Lost and Sparrow Racing, which is our winter event, which should be permanent. Permanent. Anyway, and then the smaller events such as Iron Banner and Trials of Cyrus every weekend, rather than doing these giant, monific DLC packs. Uh, bubble, and this way we can make more money. We're in the money. Well, there's the right answer right there, man. They just want to get all the money off you for buying a moat spend. That's what it yeah. is. And sparrow packs and books. Books that cost <laughs> £10. They charge you $10 for a freaking thrower dance, man. I bought that. I know you did. It you And I'm thinking about buying the Ephesius dance, which is 500 coins. Why am I even friends with you, Ben? <laughs> thinking. I haven't bought it yet. You know, if you gave me the money that you spend on these microtransactions, I'd probably be a millionaire right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put, uh, the most I've spent uh, is Warframe. I think I've spent... Five hundred pounds on that. Yeah, you've single-handedly funded that game. <laughs> okay, now you complained about me spending seven hundred and seventy dollars on Star Citizen. You just spent exactly the same on. <laughs> I know. I said, "Wow!" I don't think I complained. Did I? I, I, I can play Star Citizen. <laughs> so, How but... much did I spend? I don't yeah. think I complained. True, but... I, I was just shocked that you'd spend that much. On a game that hasn't been fully developed, so yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more frame, it's... Uh, it, it, it's kind of... Uh, well, yeah, I suppose I got 100 million. I don't need any penny from me now, but... Um... Uh, I, I know what you mean, though. I like, like with Warframe, I don't mind spending it because they're giving me the content. They're not, they're not asking me for the money, but they're just saying, you know what, well, you can spend it if you want to. 
You see, the, what they've actually done, though, I think it's a good thing. Well, in, well, in terms of the topic anyway, um, about having all the stuff, so the racing's permanent, did you say? No, no, I said I want the racing to be permanent. Racing isn't permanent, it's just for this couple of weeks. Oh, that's a shame. But um, I, th- I think what they've actually done is a good thing because I don't know whether anyone's played Guild Wars 2, but they were doing a living world. Yeah, living world. You. you don't have anything that's permanent, but everything constantly evolves along with the gameplay. So if you miss a certain event, then you miss a certain event, but yeah. the game carries on. And I get the feeling... Bungie probably looked at that and thought, oh, we could actually tie that into the Destiny universe. Um, Gary, what do you think? Uh, I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You didn't play Destiny then? I played Destiny and then I thought it was a complete waste of time and money. Um. But, I mean, it, I guess it's cool, or the fact that they're just focusing more on Destiny 2 now and said, oh, it's just yeah. end them <laughs> events here and there, and let's recharge everybody for the same game again. <laughs> Full price. Probably for a third time. Well, I'll buy it. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they say it was supposed to be like a 10-year game? Yeah. And it- well, like, well, if it was going to be a 10-year game, they wouldn't have announced Destiny 2 before the first one even came out. There was yeah, a so. road map map of Destiny 1, 2, and 3. Oh, God. See, th- this is why I'm thinking whether to buy an Activision game, because with all the uh, palaver that's gone with Bungie and forcing out some of the developers and screwing up the game and making us pay more for what was going to be originally in there in the first place... Yeah. Which, if you played with me when the game came out, I would have shown you all the stuff. Well, (laughs) a lot of people put up the um, glitches on YouTube, and it had all the content in there already. It was just simply a really small patch, and you could play it. Yeah. All all I've learned from Destiny is that Bungie is not as a great studio as everybody thought they were. Um... They had the backing of Microsoft, and they worked on one game for ten years, and or one franchise for ten years, which is pretty much the same game. Um, and, and then they have something new to work with, and they try to turn it into Halo, and obviously that didn't work out. It just it had such a huge identity crisis, in my opinion. Is it a third-person shooter? Is it an MMO? Is it a shooter MMO? They kept going back and forth with how they were presenting that game, in my opinion. And it ended up trying to be all three games, and it failed. <laughs> like, is it a first-person shooter? Why am I doing all the cool stuff in third-person? Like, all my awesome attacks are all in third-person, but my generic stuff is in first-person. Why, like... Yeah. You know, is it an MMO? Like, why am I? Why do I have to constantly have random people show up and take all my kills for me? Those are my kills. I want those kills. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's like, even the story tries to make you feel like you're the special character, but you're not because it's technically an MMO, and <laughs> they won't classify that as an MMO. It's just. It's all too 
it didn't know what it was. They didn't know what they were doing with that game. And they released it like 30% complete and said, oh, let's make this a 10-year experience so we can release it 30% complete. And then, oh, two years later, here's the Destiny King or one year later, Destiny King DLC when they force you to pay full price for that. Full freaking price. And, oh, now it's 50% complete. So next year we'll release another DLC and make it 70% complete. It's all this stuff that people just keep buying into and I refuse to buy into it because I know exactly what's going on at this point. And, yeah. It, 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 they, they're basically like EA, aren't they? Well, I don't think that's making... all. I think that's Activision. Yeah. So in, instead of having EA where they make bad games... EA, uh, Activision doesn't even make a game. They just game. kind of yeah. split it. Yeah. <laughs> EA, it's in the DLC. <laughs> Activision, it's in the DLC. <laughs> no, Activision, it's Activision, it's in the game. You, you, you just still have to pay more for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah uh, Activision, it's in the game. Just locked off. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I'll buy it. That's my thoughts on it. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have to go straight to our reviews now because that's pretty much all the news covered that I'm going to cover because otherwise we'll be here forever. No uh, we're going to go to John Paul Jones, Beyond Two Souls PS4 review. Um, I should have scrolled down to the bottom, so I'm going to just talk a bit to make sure you're all distracted so you don't understand that scrolling down on the page right now so you can't tell. That was yes, just perfect. <laughs> the final word, a, a death... Oh, God damn it! I'm really bad with that one. The dip remastering of what was arguably the PS3's technical swan song, Beyond Two Souls, finds new life and an attractive home on PS4 with some extra features thrown into sweeten, sweeten the deal. Not sweating the deal. Sweeten the deal. Gorgeously <laughs> detailed views that surpass the sublime PS3 version, remix mode, and other bonus content a lot from the start. Uh, hugely varied locations and activities and settings. We just like the visuals, while great aren't as stellar as they could be. Narrative dips into super supernatural nonsense in its final act, and QTE focused gameplay system might great with some. Uh, Seven point five out of ten. Yeah, because of the graphics, it has more emotions. <laughs> more pixels means more emotions. <laughs> uh, Vash, would you purchase Beyond Two Souls for PS4? After actually seeing it in motion, no, because it. Just looking at the video was actually making me sick. Wow. It's all of the motion blur they added to it. But does it have more emotion? Well, <laughs> I am one of those people that are highly 100% against motion blur in games because it's impossible to, well, fake mo- uh, real-life motion blur. Because it's so unnatural... Just, Everything real yeah. life's motion blur to me. You say it's not natural. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I turn around and I see all the blur. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because it's not natural motion blur, it doesn't work in games and it just makes me feel sick. So, and you can't turn it off, apparently. So, it's, you know, the, I, it's, I, I, it's I, so that kids can t- show more emotion. Motion blur is the emotion. 
<laughs> You'll probably say that, won't you? <laughs> no, I, I think they... I, I mean, it looks more crisp. The textures look better. The models look better. Everything looks better. But as soon as the blur appears on the screen... You mean the emotion blur? Yeah, sorry. As soon as the emotion blur <laughs> appears on the screen, it gives me an emotion of feeling sick. See, it <laughs> and, works. But it, it makes it look worse in places, I think. And uh. they just overloaded it with blur. And, yeah, I, I, I just think they just messed it up completely doing that. Gary, what do you think of uh, Beyond Two Emotions? <laughs> Damn it, Ben. <laughs> um, I actually liked Beyond Two Souls. Um, I thought it was a pretty fun game. Um, I uh, I was, though, on the side of this game doesn't need to come to the PS4 because there really isn't that much they can improve upon. Um, I already thought the game was one of the best-looking games on the PS3, and I just don't see what more they can do to release it for PS4 to make it stand out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I well, enjoyed found it. found the way, Gary. Add loads of emotion blur. I'm not even going to answer that, Ben. <laughs> the game already had a lot of blur in the beginning but unlike uh Aaron like uh it doesn't affect me too much like the only game the motion blur really pissed me off in was The Witcher 2 um it was just so bad in that game I literally just turned it completely off um but other than that um it doesn't really bother me too much for me it was Final Fantasy Type 0 HD that was the. I couldn't even play it, it made me sick. <laughs> ah. Okay, let's go to a review that Gary did now. Earth Defense 4.1, The Shadow New Despair review by Gary Bagsasara. Did I say it what? How dare you! <laughs> <laughs> Bagsasara, I can't say your name. You call me a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> did I? Yeah, yeah, it sounded like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was trying to say back to Sauroth. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's totally the same thing, man. <laughs> but I'm just going to go with Mr. Gary. There we go. <laughs> okay. The varied and fun to play, unlike my saying of Gary's name. Shadow of the New Despair captures the intensity and feel of the 70s and 80s monster sci-fi movies, though its difficult curve is somehow, sometimes hard to swallow. Uh, we like the great sound design. Each class is varied and fun to play. Great montage to 70s and 80s monster sci-fi movies. Uh, we just like the intense difficulty spikes. The most, most environments are blind and empty and confusing mis- mission objectives. 7.0 out of 10. Uh, Mr. Gary, because I'm not going to try to say your name again in case I swear. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 gave you a reason to give it a seven out of ten? Have you been playing it since the review? Um, I, I have been playing it since. Um, it, it's still a fun game. It is a really fun game. It's you as this tiny little soldier, a human soldier against you know thirty to forty foot giant insects. Um, and it's fun. You know, it, it definitely reminds you of those old seventies and eighties movies. Um. They literally have a, a monster in the game that is exactly like Godzilla. Um, 
I even mentioned it in, in the review where they, they literally made Godzilla without breaking the copyright laws because like he looks so different, but he acts exactly the same. He even shoots the fire breath out of his mouth and everything, the, the, the blue one. Um, but yeah, it, it's a fun game. Um, you get to ride a giant robot at some point, um, smashing through buildings and all that stuff. It's... It's good stuff. The mission objectives are garbage. Never listen to what your commander tells you to do. Do the complete opposite if you want to win. Um, he, like, there's one part where he just tells me, attack the weak point of this giant walking battle tank. I'm like, okay, what's the weak point? So then I find the weak point, and, like, a whole bunch of, mo- like, monsters start spawning. He, like, spits out a whole bunch of bugs and robots and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm still focusing on this thing, you know, and when one of them gets in my way, I start killing them, right? The robots and the bugs. And he's like, stop shooting these things. You have to focus on the giant walking battle tank. I was like, okay, fine. So I start shooting at it only to find out that I'm actually supposed to kill these monsters instead of killing the big thing instead. I was like, thanks, mission objective. I lost that mission like four times because of you. Um, but yeah, fun game. Crazy difficulty spikes, like I said. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys noticed when I was talking about it in in the in the chat as well on Slack. My God, you you would just go from crazy stuff like one mission you'd just be you know wiping out a whole bunch of like ants from the city, easy peasy. You don't take any damage at all. The next mission you're fighting giant ants, huge wasps that fly through the air, like twenty robots at the same time. Then Godzilla appears and you got to take him down at the same time. And they're taking all these things down. It was absolutely insanity. It was insane. Um, but yeah, still a fun game. Totally check it out if you're into those. And Varsh, what would you play an Earth Defense Force game? It's the first time I've actually seen it being played. But I don't know. I don't think it's my kind of game, really. So I'll probably give it a pass. Fair enough, yeah. but we are getting a game that you want to play, and you have played it, kind of. Uh, well, 6.0, you kind of want to play it. 6.0 is a pretty good score, actually. It's by Varsh, fun to play with. This is Zortrex, by the way, Zortrex. Uh, Socktrex. Socktrex. Socktrex, okay. Socktrex. Socktrex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fun to play with plenty of replay value Zocktrex, or Z-Trex, if you're Soc-trex. in America. Sounds like the part, but the clunky interface and non non-sensual controls proved to be frustrating. Uh, he liked the brilliant sound and soundtrack, very colourful spaceship modularity. He, we, we, he disliked the shooting mechanics are unpredictable, the interface is a nightmare to navigate and the controls don't make much sense. 6.0 out of 10. So yeah, what do you, have you played it since... This review? I'm actually playing it now, funnily enough. Oh, wow. Because I'm trying to get the platinum at the moment, but... Um, Doesn't that yeah. fun? Um, I, I, I'm still going to keep with exactly what I said in the review, because I have played it about an extra six hours since. And, yeah, it, it's exactly like I said. The game is a lot of fun. It, it, it's just... The controls just make you want to tear your hair out. It's just... Ugh. really frustrating. It's like, um, for instance, if you need to press up on a controller just to get to an icon above in a menu, for some reason it decides to go on the far right side, I think on the far left, and then in the middle, 
but then it just starts acting normally. And then like kind of thinking, why is it choosing a random button on the screen every time you press a direction? And it's just like that on every single menu, which is why it was just driving me up the wall. And I, even after all this time, it still just drives me up the wall because I just can't figure it out at all. But in the actual gameplay, as soon as you start moving around through a twin stick, you think, okay, you move with one, point to the other, don't you? Yeah, that's the twin stick shooter for you. Well, this is advertised as a twin stick shooter, but what happens is, is normally you would think initially, you move around pointing one direction. It does happen like that, except when you start moving, the um, direction you want to shoot starts moving itself. I'm kind of like thinking what's going on. But then I just actually realised that um, in the Steam version, usually on the PC version of games, these sorts of things, you've got WASD to move around, and then you've got the mouse to point exactly on the screen where you want to shoot. They carried it across into this game, except this time they've hidden the cursor. So you can't actually get an idea of exactly where you're pointing. So whenever I decided to leave the right stick to shoot in a direction, it should normally keep pointing in that direction. So I start moving around to fix on another point. And then suddenly my laser's just pointed in the opposite direction. And oh, it drove me crazy half the time. But I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm living. I'm living. Just about. <laughs> I, I will platinum this game. <laughs> but other than those niggles, which is actually, to be honest, pretty big niggles, which is why I had to bring it down to a six. If it didn't have those problems, especially in the... Well, if the graphical interface in the menus, if that was working perfectly fine, I would have easily given the game an eight. Because you can live with the gameplay stuff, but it's because of the user interface and the menus, it just killed it. Fair enough. Um, we're going to go to the next game, Fat Princess, which, to be honest, once I've got some more money, I'm buying this game. Uh, this is by Neil Bolt, who couldn't make it this week because reasons. Uh, he, the final word was, Fat Princess Adventures is a pleasant hack and slash romp. Well, wonderful, silly sense of humour. It lacks depth and repay value, but as a budget game to play with friends, it offers fine value for money. He liked the absurd sense of humour, the joyous cult fun, easy to pick up and play. Dislikes the lack of depth, the little replay value, and the single player mode is uninteresting. Uh, Seven point zero out of ten. I loved this game when I played it uh, when I was beta testing it, um, and I wish I had the money to buy it now. It's an amazing game, and seven out of ten is. Well, I'd give it as well, to be honest. Uh, Gary, will you be buying Fat's Princess Adventures? Um, maybe when it's a little bit cheaper. I think 20 bucks right now is a bit much for me. No problem. Plus stuff Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> I do love that world. I love Fat Princess when it came out as that yeah. multiplayer game. I had a blast playing that game uh, with my friends. Um, I, I like that universe. I'm glad that they're keeping it around, uh, even though it is a completely different game now. Yeah, it's more like Diablo than it is Marvel yeah, Defense. I, I didn't expect that game to last very long as a multiplayer-only game, but no. it's it's good to see that they're going with uh, 
They had a mobile port as well, didn't they? I think so, yeah. They had that free-to-play version as well. Yeah. And Vash, would you be buying Fat Princess Adventures? Exactly the same as Gary. I think it's just a little bit too expensive for that game. But yeah. uh, I definitely do want to play it. I haven't actually played the Fat Princess game yet. so. Um, well, this is more like Diablo it. than the original Fat Princess. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll eventually pick it up when it's on the cheap. Yeah, not at the moment. Okay, we've wrapped up our reviews. Uh, we're going to go on to what has everyone been playing? So, what has everyone been playing? Fosh. Uh, tricks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've been playing Destiny. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been playing the um, oh, what's it? The Sparrow Racing League, which is actually a lot of fun. Uh. I'm sorry, I was leaving you in a dust a lot of time, Chili, and pushing you into the hole beside Every time I pass you, you just seem to have some sort of bad luck going on. <laughs> uh, I finally beat that, by the way. At 8 o'clock, oh. I finally got the 10 top three races. Oh, nice. But That's, I found uh... a I don't know if it's a glitch, but you know, it goes to win three races. Yeah, first place. The last one I did, you know, the 10, yeah, top three, 10, I got first place. And <laughs> it counted that as the top three. And then the next quest, where you had to get three wins at first place, it counted it there as well. Oh, nice. So it just finished it off for you. Yeah, one race finished the previous one and started the next one for me. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that was good. So you got all that done now. Oh, no, That's I still great. got two more races. You see, I told you, <laughs> as soon as I left, I knew you were going to do well. <laughs> It's because I was sat here singing an electric six iron the bomb to myself. It's just... <laughs> I was just trying to make you look good. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, so let's see. So Destiny then... Uh, also, Indivisible. Yeah. Wow. That game is simply... Well, I suppose it's a prototype, isn't it? But yeah. for what they're actually showing, it's actually quite a lot to it. It's absolutely amazing. Um, I... I I can't believe I never actually um, did. A, is it a Kickstarter that's going on at the moment? For oh, I think they're going yeah. off of Fig. I think it is the the yeah. video game only crowdfunding side, the newer oh, one. I just go. yeah, yeah. So I, I might actually do that because uh, that game reminds me massively of Valkyrie Profile, and that's my favorite game on a uh, PSP. So. Yeah, and they've added so much to it compared to Falcon Profile as well. So I'm definitely, definitely going to buy that at release, even if it's 30 quid. Definitely going to get it. The R style was amazing well, on it as well. Yeah. Aaron? Yep. Does that uh, prototype have like a time limit on it for how until they like shut it down? Not. I don't really know. I wonder if they're actually going to leave it open so that you can constantly play it, because essentially it's really just a demo. Yeah. Uh, they, they've just given a big slice of the game, so you got the platforming element, you could try the different weapons they give you, you automatically get your extra characters slightly further through the game, you get to level up your characters through the game, and I, th- I think... Yeah, I think they've just given you a 
taster. So they should really keep it going. I think if they did actually keep it going, it would sell a lot more copies when it eventually comes out. Because a lot of people will think, so what if they now changed? What if they added to it? And what they've done is brilliant. Okay, Gary, what have you been playing? Yo, um, I've been playing a lot of Rogue Galaxy. Woohoo! Playing old school. Yes. On my PS4, yes. <laughs> um, loving it. It's just as great as I remember it. Um, you guys know how happy I am about PS2 games coming back. So um, I'll just leave it there. Don't want to get into the, the whole controversy con- conversation thing about it. But I'm playing that. I'm loving it. Um, I'm also playing, I'm still playing some Just Cause 3 here and there. Still loving that game. Um, what else have I been playing? Honestly, I think oh, Mario Mario Kart. Still playing that. Uh, we recently bought Mario Party only to find out that the Wii U version of Mario Party requires you to have the nunchuck and the freaking Wiimote controller to play it. And I'm like, so we have to buy freaking Wii controllers to play a Wii U game. So we weren't very happy about that. Um, That's probably, fine. Yeah, I have no idea what the decision behind that was. It was really frustrating. Um, Chances are they made it for the Wii, pointed it to the Wii U and forgot about it. <laughs> I think it's just because the mini games require a lot of the motion controls, but even then, like it's just it was really weird to me that they did that. So I, I don't know if I'm going to keep that game. I might sell it. I just don't feel like buying five controllers now just to play that fucking game. Um, but other than that, I think honestly that that's that's really all I've been playing. Uh, I'm still playing Doken Battle on my phone. I'm still open that. Just got a cooler. Um, they had a cooler event there, which is pretty cool. They spell him Kura, C O O R A in that game. I guess it's the ja- original Japanese name of how they spell it. Okay. Hold um, up. Yeah. yeah, so so they kept that and they they kept his name like that, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm doing things the hard way. Uh, they let you um, get the characters now, uh, but you have to level them up and upgrade their rarity uh, the hard way. So that's what I've been doing. I now have uh, two ultra rare golden freezes. Um, I have a ultra rare um, final form uh, cooler. And now I'm working on the ultra-rare uh, Great Saiyaman, which is sadly the weakest character in the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's an ultra-rare card or a character, but I'm working on that right now. Um, but yeah, having plenty of fun with that game still, amazingly. I thought I'd give up on it, especially since a mobile game. I don't usually play mobile games for too long, but that one's kept me going, so that's pretty fun. Uh Honestly, I I think oh an EDF of course so yeah but other than that those are that's all I've been playing. Oh well, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy Seven. I've nearly got my second platinum. Um, I'm gonna take a few minutes to say a little tip, a few tips. Uh, please don't ever use the cheat button unless you really have to the R three because it just ruins the game. Um, when you get to this, once you get to the second part. After the second ID check where you jump off the train, 
you run back to where you, it's, the game tells you not to go, keep running back until you reach two guards. When you reach those two guards, uh, you'll be attacked by three guards for some reason. Even though there's two guards, there'll be three enemies. Uh, once you've killed those three enemies, the game will ask you if you want to run away or stay here. If you click stay here, you'll fight another three guards. So as long as you keep clicking stay here, you can stay there forever and level up. Uh, I use this to level up to like level 20. Right at the start of the game. Um, and then later on, when you get out Midgar for the first time, ignore Calm, really. And go straight to the Chocobo stables, level up a little bit, and try your luck at um, the Midgar Zolum. You probably need Aerith's level 2 limit break to survive. That's what I used. Um, that makes you invincible for a short period of time. Um, then have Cloud with the enemy skill material equipped and you'll get um, Beta. And that ability is pretty much a cheap win button until the end of the game. Uh, make sure you grab White Wind and Big Guard. Uh, big Guard's from an enemy to the south just after you get from June, uh, just as you go from Castle Soul. There's a beach. If you go there, you can get Big Guard. And White Wind, you have to manipulate enemies. So you have to wait until you've just got past the Gold Saucer for the first time. And you can get that from near Coastal Assault as well, if I'm right. Um, once you've done that, you pretty much can beat... With a lot of grinding, you can beat the... Get Omni Slash on the first disc. By using Big Guard and White Wind to heal yourself. Because that way, when you get to the last command on the slot machine in the Battle Frontier... Battle thingamajig. If you break uh, magic material, you get 10,000 points if it's the last slot. If it's the last um, slot machine, you get 10,000 BP. So you only have to win it five times then to get your Omni Slash on Disc One. So, yeah. Wow. So, so what you're saying, Ben, is cheat codes bad, exploits good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not an exploit, it's the game's mechanic. <laughs> Going back and fighting guards until you're level 20. <laughs> also, by doing this, you'll have Cloud's level 3 limit break and Barrett's level 3 limit break and Aerith's level 2 or 3 limit break. That's what I had. Oh no, Tifa, sorry, Tifa's level 2 or 3. I have no words, Ben. Um... And then for a gold chocobo, if you want to get a gold chocobo without, without actually racing, um, I'd recommend checking the YouTube video because I don't know all the facts off the top of my head, so you're going to have to check YouTube on this. Um, but you need to catch a wonderful and a great chocobo. Breed them using a, um, a carob nut. Carob nuts can be stolen from the enemies from the south of Bone Village. You need two of them. Um, you also need a zeo nut, which is from... Um, you got um, no. You got to morph the enemies in the, near Bone Village and steal from goblins. You need the tiny Bronco to be able to do that part. That's the only bit you have to wait for. Um, once you've done that, you'll be able to breed the two chocobos to get blue. Uh, if you leave leave the area, fight three, fight seven enemies. Save the game. Turn your PS4 off and on again. Go back into the Chocobo Steam. We've got to go to Chocobo Steam as fast as you can. Uh, basically, it doesn't load the stats properly. So if you run into the Chocobo Stable, it 
it for some reason makes it the opposite gender of what you need. So you have a blue female, and then the next one will be a green male. And then once you breed them, you should get a black female. And then you breed your black female with your wonderful male that you got earlier on with the Zeo nut you got from the goblins. And there's your gold chocobo. But its racing stats will be horrendous, so don't try and race with it. Uh, or you can do it my way and spend <laughs> 16 hours figuring it out. Because <laughs> when, when I did it, I didn't have no strategy guides in YouTube videos. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and those are some tips for Final Fantasy VII. Oh, and piss off everyone except for Barrett because that's a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been playing some Final Fantasy XIV. Been, I finally beat Leviathan hard mode and Garuda hard mode on my own. Which was... That's ridiculous. <laughs> you can't even do that with a team half the time. <laughs> Especially Garuda. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was interesting. My next goal is trying to beat Ramu on my own. Um, yeah. which you I, definitely can't even do that with a team. <laughs> 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 I need better gear. I know I can do it. I just need some better gear for it. Don't you have the max gear you can get? No, my gear is just a bit lower than the max gear. Oh, wow. I thought you have the max gear by now, Ben. Nah, one nineties. Because I've got my monk and my paladin up, but I'm just trying to balance the two different gears. Because you've got a cap every week on how much seals you can get, so you can't. You can't. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, but the new relic weapon is next week. So yay! Um, and yeah, that's what I've been playing pretty much. On Destiny, of course, the Sparrow Racing. Um, so I think that's it for today's episode. It's not as bad as last week, but we're still pretty long. <laughs> um, so I want to say, um, how can they stalk you, Vosh? Sorry? How can they stalk you? How can the people contact you? Uh, you can contact <laughs> me <laughs> by uh, uh, Aaron.Varshney at PSU.com or at Faster on Twitter, and you can also get me on YouTube, which is just simply Farsh, I think. Yeah. And Gary, how can how can they stalk you? Uh, you can stalk me on Twitter at Gagwalush, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H, or email me at my PSU email, that's Gary, uh, that's G-A-R-R-I at PSU.com. And you can contact me at Chili underscore UK on Twitter, Chili on PSN, Ben.Shabehu at PSO.com. PSU, yeah. Um, I want to say a shout out to a few people. I want to say a shout out to Ethan slash D-O, D-01, who had contacted me saying he is a fan of PlayStation Universe. And he asked me, he, he just said hello to me. So hello to you as well. I want to shout out to Evolved Mail. He's one of the greatest Final Fantasy fourteen streamers and your girlfriend's favourite streamer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, in, in, I'd recommend if you're ever watching, ever want to watch Final Fantasy fourteen stuff to, to go watch his channel. But I warn you, it is very not safe for work and it can get very dirty. So, just a heads up. Like last night with the, the fact that he was getting, what, well, it's in the past. Wait, he has his own virtual currency that I can't say in this because it's a bit... 
bit too rude, but let's just say you get the currency from watching his stream or donating to him. Uh, and for every 50 of his currency you used, he took a shot of drink of soju. Someone spent 450 of the currency just to have him drink nine shots in a row. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, And every time you... You could also have him do push-ups by spending the currency as well. So they'd have him do... During Leviathan fight, they'd say, okay, do ten push-ups. <laughs> so you had to do the Leviathan fight and do the push-ups at the same time. <laughs> so yeah, if you ever want to watch his insane streams, I'd recommend Evolved Mail on Twitch. He's one of the best Twitch streamers there are. He also has his own podcast, so check that out as well. Um, I think that'll be it for tonight. I think we're done. I think we're wrapped up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so catch us next week for episode 103 and hopefully we won't mess up the start and have to re-record it all over again. Please be excited. Hey, hey, we didn't mess anything up. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I mess everything up and we have to start again. <laughs> Please be excited. <laughs> Please be excited. That's awesome. And thank God for me. Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank God for Gary.